Greetings in uh, from the space. In... I, I want to say something. I've been working on a book, the next book from Fortware Press called Four Feelings and What to Do with Them. And especially in the afterward that Clinton wrote, which opens the door about what what did this four this four feelings map really open the door for? And as I'm as I'm reading the book and as what you were sharing in the Women's Bridge House, somehow it it, it really got me about um that we don't really know how to be in an environment where we're loved or where we can really love others. And that I think it takes a while for our nervous system to just be like, is this like, is this possible? Can I, can I really be here? You know, is it, am I dreaming? You know, am I going to, is somebody going to come and betray me? Am I, or, you know, am I going to wake up and this was all a dream? And it, I feel sad. Like, I really feel sad that, like, we have neighbors here and their children are screaming all the time yeah. when they're in the, the house. And I'm like, okay, who are those girls, those are girls, I think, will become? And who will they become? Well, they'll become people who need to live in this screaming environment to feel normal. You know, some kind of abusive or... And I think a lot of us have... That's kind of been our childhood. Like, an abusive environment, even just school. Even just school was so abusive. And, I, you know, I know that the, the spaces of possibility management are dangerously clear in terms of not not being a victim to no yeah not being a victim to victimhood that we you know it's impossible to be a victim and you know at the same time a lot of your space holders and I'm a space holder and I I was really getting this part of how do I hold space for people to get that they're in an environment where they are loved and they're loved enough that we want, we're holding space for them to grow up, you know, and we're holding space for each other to grow up. But that the, the place is, we want to hear. We want to hear from your heart. We want to hear from your dreams. We want to, you know, what can we do for you? All of it. Like, what can we do for you? We're here. What can we do for you? And so I'm so glad, Sonia, that you have a a physical house where you can experience that in its full impact, in its full impact. <laughs> you can be vulnerable and we'll all take care of you. Thank you. I'm glad that I'm here with them and that I'm also here with you in the call. Yeah. Christopher and Kian and Jeff, just so you know, 
Uh, Sonia's been through just big processes last night and today, and we're just we're just taking care of her in the space. So we have a team over there, and they're hugging up with her and just taking care of her. Thank you. Thank you. And Chloe, what you just had really hit me, like um, because I I I experience both sides. I experience being here in the space, for example, and feeling a lot of fear to be vulnerable, to share, to. And I'm sensing that you love me now. I'm I'm sensing it. I see you, and at the same time, I feel so scared to to destroy it or to. Yeah, having the sentences that I chosen, that I chose to believe. And and the other side that I'm holding space for people and they feel scared. They feel scared to to really continue working with me or to I'm I'm opening doors for them and and yeah, and they go back into their uh, lone wolf strategy or they they just they just feel a lot of fear to be vulnerable. Thank you, Isabel. Yeah, um, I want to share something. As in the last days, and this morning, I realized since how early I developed the fear of being loved. And I developed a resistance of being loved. And I put up so many blocks. And all the offerings, like, people gave in my life, they had no chance to go through. And this is where I'm right now. And I'm touched by what I heard. And it's so aligned to what's happening in my life in the last days. Realizing that and yeah. Sensing what the next step could be yours on my journey of healing and transformation. Yeah. And one is obvious. Like I, I joined yesterday the space from Sonia. Like let your heart speak and that opened up a door for me to feel a space inside of me. Where before I created stories, I need someone else to feel that. Yeah, and there's also a door opening up and a new, a new territory showing up. And I think it's not new, but I abandoned it a long time ago. And this is all new discovery that I am experiencing. I'm very grateful for that. And I feel fear. <laughs> yeah, I feel lots of fear. And hearing Isabel saying also about this fear part of being vulnerable. Yeah, I have sometimes tons of voices in my head that... Um, that whisper in a fear that is blocking me instead of just 
using the fear of going. And this is, yeah, and it's all evolution happening. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Thank you Christopher. A lot of fear. Thank you, Christopher, for what you just said right now, because I, I feel I'm that that it's my time to speak and I my tendency was to just keep it down and then feel it like not to really feel it but be like this in the call all the time and um and would eat me up inside just when can you hear me yes yeah, yeah. okay yeah so I I really I don't uh, right now I'm in this inner battle like I need to know what my fear has and I need to know how how to bring it into the space and I'm, I I feel fear to to be in this space here with all of you and I feel fear Dimitra that I've sent you you've sent me a message and I haven't answered your message and I'm I'm glad to see you here. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I, f I feel fear to let this in, like this here and all of you. It's, it's as if the, the space had like the, the this love that is like cracking my box down and my 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 survival strategies are trying to to keep keep it up or to 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 hold against it and it's it's not really working it's like this space here is like it's hard to explain but it's really making my box crack or like putting little cracks in into yeah into my my survival strategy my defense walls and it feels scary to be there. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. For speaking anyway. I'll, I'll read what Ingrid uh, wrote. It's so good not to be able to speak for the discovering to be loved. I feel joy to experience this love and I let it in, 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 in. And I feel sad that I didn't discover this earlier. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ingrid. Ian, would you share what is going on for you? Yes, thank you. Just right now, really moved by what you shared, Ingrid. Ah. 
I have so much love for you. I have these moments where I remember. I don't know, three years ago when we had space for each other regularly. And I have these moments popping up, remembering you or calling early in the morning. And you just showed up with such a big smile in the morning already. And uh, oh, I'm so amazed by how this village works because just yesterday I had this process exactly about noticing how I don't believe if people love me where I kind of put this wall in between when someone appreciates something where I'm just saying yeah I don't need to hear this I I don't really believe them anyways they just say this so I don't know, for their own interests. And this really cracked yesterday. It is still cracking. And I'm just, yeah. There's a part of me right now that is just like, whoa. That's what and how is that possible that three people right now here in this call are going through this process? At least three people. Thank you, Kian. Yeah. Thank you. Finding in in a way that I I had an experience yesterday where I was on the other side of it where somebody else was was kind of trying to almost pull love from me and and I started feeling angry because for me my love for this person is is it's it's it doesn't need to be pulled and and i i'm in this 
like what am I missing what's what's really happening for me what am I missing that that my love for them isn't isn't obvious to them and I noticed this kind of like resentment that that they don't get they're not getting it they're not they're not experiencing me as as the love I have and and I Yeah, and and then I, I I noticed that this this is this is this this is a block. This is this is my, I have this block, like, and and it like there's this there's this anger about how how my love how the love that I have isn't received by people, and. And I, I feel scared about it and sad about it because, because it's almost like it's like a two-way mirror or something where I'm, where I, it, for me, it's going, it's, it's there. And, and I, it's like, it's like I, I, and then I start feeling angry and it's like, like, I, how can I convince you that I love you? Like, and, and, and it, yeah, I, I don't, it's like I'm caught in something and I seem to be backwards somehow. Nicole, could they answer your question? If you said, like, what would it take for you to get it that I love you? Could they answer that question? Oh, I wish I'd had that question. Like, I, I was <clears throat> I was so kind of stuck in this. Like I, I, I wanted the the words I had was, isn't it obvious that that I'm here for you, that I love you, and and I I was even I couldn't even say that I was so kind of stuck in this place of yeah I, it, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that what I saw that in when I looked at them was this childishness. And, and I missed that I was also in a child ego state, like, like where I was like, don't, don't you, don't you see, I love you. And, and then I was, yeah, I had this experience of being made into something that I'm not. And I, I didn't know how to, how to be vulnerable about that. I didn't know how to not just be kind of clenched. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. I feel glad because I, 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 I could tell I was hooked, but I couldn't, I didn't really get it. And now I can really get it. That's really hard. I mean, you know, if you ha if I have an expectation, if I expect that somebody perceives I love them or perceives, you know, that I expect them to get this and they don't, it's it's it, I have to look back here and go, gosh, I had an expectation, you know, and if they don't get it, it did not meet my expectation, and then I'm going to be angry, you know. But that's hard.
You know, in 12-step groups, people come around and even community building from M. Scott Peck and people sit in circles and try to share themselves. And they're, it's a safe space. You know, it's a new technology back then, 50, 60 years ago, it was a new technology that people can try to share themselves or share what's going on. And then there's no, there's no basis context for supporting it. It's just like everybody goes, wow, and that's it. And, you know, that's, I think, I think back, I mean, I've been researching for the last few months about Syria and Rome and ancient Syria and ancient cultures and a lot of being thrown into having to face human history all around the world, not just in one place, but really all around the world, which I was not exposed to in American school classes or anything like that. So I was really, I'm starting over at school. And it's incredible that the thing that people are really good at is putting on their armor, putting on their weapons, getting on the horses, following orders and going in 30,000 people, 300,000 people, you know, going in, in guys, all men, you know, just killing each other, just attacking each other. This is what human beings are really good at for the last 15,000 years. This is this is what we've been doing with each other. And so to have a space here where it's safe to admit that you were hooked, Nicole, and that you had an expectation or something that somebody would get it and go, they didn't get it and I didn't get it, that they didn't get it because I had an expectation about it. And it's like, okay, this would start a whole, an entire different human history on planet Earth. If, if people would sit around and just do this, this is a, an entirely new future for human beings to be able to do this. And it's so different from, it freaks people out. You know, people out there who who aren't here, who aren't sitting here with us, people are just freaked out. You know, our parents, our neighbors, our, our relatives, our you know colleagues, the the politicians, the business people, the military people, the church people, like all these people, the educators, and even the educators at the university at the highest levels, where you think they would be interested in upgrading thoughtware to something more effective than ecocide, you know, and they're just, can you show me the scientific proof? You know, like, can you show me, I want to see graphs. And I want, I want you to tell me about the neural science of how possibility management makes a difference in the neural science. <clears throat> and so I really appreciate the research that every single one of us here is doing, every single one, and the ones who are watching this later and the ones who've watched it before, is so much courage. It's just so much breakthrough, like breaking through old patterns and breaking through the burdens of doing what our parents did to each other and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and like all the wars and all the religious biases and, you know, all the incredible stuff that's going, the insanity that's going on in many places in the world. And 
to let it fall off, like have like be liquid enough to let all that fall off. And I mean, I know people who are sometimes in this call space and cannot be here now because they're involved in a war somewhere. You know, they're involved in having some opinion or some belief or something that just grips their grips them and they just can't get off it enough to be here. And I'm sad about, I miss them. And so I just want to thank you all for continuing to step in here. There's some other people who want to say some things. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say one thing to what you just shared and what I've come to notice is and it's also to what you said Nicole that if I hold space for people uh, who are my enemies in some way if if people would start holding space emotional healing process for their enemies like they I notice I need to break my heart to like open and let go of my resentment to really be able to do this and so um I feel that I'm healing at the moment also through holding space because people are holding things inside of them where I have for example like you shared Nicole expectations and now I'm at the place where I don't need to say okay I I have an expectation of you. I have the assumption I can, I need to take back my expectation. However, I can just do this inside of myself. I can just say, fuck, I have this expectation and this stops me from loving you right now. And I don't, don't want to stop loving you. And then I just need to break my heart open with them in their process. And that's my proposal for the United Nations to. Start holding space for your enemies. <laughs> and even the expectations that you have with yourself. Like I'm I'm experimenting this week to see okay, what expectations do I have and where do I build resentment against myself? And and I I'm really liquid with this because I have so much expectations on myself. I wake up and start having expectations that I'm going to sit, that I'm going to do exercises, that I I need to eat this and this and yet to really distinguish what is what is my necessity now and now and now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey Helena, will you will you talk next? Yes. There is a. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. So there is a lot going on, and. It's it's a bigger process 
for a longer time. Hey, Helena, just talk, okay? You don't have to package it so we get it. Don't package it for us. Just talk. We're listening. We're just here. Just go ahead. And it might help to include the feelings. Yeah. To have feel sad. Yeah. I feel very sad because I'm longing for love from my partners and I'm not receiving it. And due to that, I'm putting myself a lot into my victim role. And I cannot really grasp, like, what is it and why am I so? And there are moments when it's more clear and and I understand I need to set boundaries. But in this very big longing, like, I'm not, I'm losing this and I don't know how to set those boundaries. Would you let that part talk that's just longing for love? Can you just let it talk? When you bite your lips, you're holding a thing in, okay? Every time you bite your lips, you're holding. Just let it come out. You cannot say anything wrong here. Just go ahead. Just let the thing that's longing for love, let it talk, okay? I'm, I'm longing for reciprocated love. Often I feel I have a lot to offer and it's the same. I have expectations. I wish to be loved the same way. And I'm not receiving it. I mean, I'm asking why am I still here then? This is not my my space anymore. Keep going. But keep going. Wait. Like I'm I'm searching for the strength to let go and move on, but it's difficult. And it's been so long that I feel I'm betraying myself. I'm not honoring myself. And then it makes me angry. I feel like there is, there is so much love that I receive in general from my family, from my friends. And I'm seen in my pain. But I'm the one still choosing to stay here. So I, I really recognize there is a lot I need to process. What do you mean process? Like to really see through like why am I putting myself into this victim role? Why am I holding on? What am I what what is it truly that I'm longing for? And I think it actually comes to the depth, like am I being honest with myself? Like maybe I'm I'm trying to cover it up with something that I actually want. What if it is no longer required that you understand your own explanation about it? What if you just move? What if you let it move you? Like, I I do see there is, uh, like, I can, I see those parts in me for very unconditional love. 
but very often uh, I, I get into this mess whether I do it for people pleasing or is my capability to draw the boundary you didn't really answer my question like what if it what if it's no longer necessary for you to believe your own marketing program your own understanding of of your reasons and your caught you know your reasons and what if you moved instead what if you just took action what if without having to explain yourself to yourself what what would be the action then what i would do if i don't hold on to this belief or trying to make it understandable yes I don't need an answer. I just want, I just, the invitation is for you to consider the possibility of getting to be in, in the world without having to fit a package of, of understanding that you think other people will accept or that you will accept or your father or mother will accept or like none of that. Nobody has to accept your package. You just skip the package part. Yeah, like it makes me feel much more free or really not reasoning, but more more going for the unconditional, but also the freedom to to choose not to. Like it, it gives me this. Uh, yeah, it's very liberating. This this way to let go. You go into a, a, sh a store these days, and everything's in packaging. It all has this packaging on it: plastic, paper, instructions, guarantees. You know, marketing logos. logos. You know, name brands. All this, and it's all packaging, and. It does not have to be that way. It's a trap. It's a concept. And then we kind of start getting the concept about ourselves that we need to package ourselves in a certain way to be successful on Instagram. I'm sure you've been at places and watched these fake, weird, psychotic people who are not really there. They're just, they're just trying to position themselves and get somebody to take a picture of them in a certain pose or in a certain place to go on this Instagram image thing. And then when it's done, there's this a ghost. There's a ghost that walks. And there it's a package. They're being this package. And so we all have this uh we have this kind of belief or we've been we've been hypnotized into thinking that there's a, some kind of package that needs to if there's no packaging, you know. There's people who go in a shop and get a plastic bag to carry a donut and they could just eat the donut or they eat the whatever, you know, but they need to have this plastic bag because there's some weird hypnosis about if you don't have the plastic bag, you didn't did not buy anything or something. It's not a successful day of purchasing. I don't know what it is, 
but it it's possible that it goes through the world spinning, like you spin in a way that so the packaging doesn't land on you. Your packaging doesn't land on you. The other person's packaging does not land on you. You know, it, the packaging comes from the media and from so many stores trying to sell you stuff or people telling you stories about themselves or about you. And it's all this packaging stuff. And there's a way to like participate, like to, to be in a dimension where packaging doesn't, it just like packaging come towards you and it just kind of goes past because you're vibrating in a different way where packaging doesn't stick. So you don't have to fight against the packaging. You just be in a way that the packaging has no grip on you. There's no, and so packaging is a story. Packaging is understanding. Packaging is, do, do you do you agree with me? Do you get it? Do you believe me? Do I believe me? You know, do I do I believe my own story about my decisions or my what do I what am I going to do next? Or I'm stuck if 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 I can't package my story in a way that convinces me that I'm right or I'm bulletproof. I have a bulletproof story. Nobody can shoot my story down. You know, I'm and so and if I can't do that, I'm not moving. You know, I can't. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to try anything because I'm. Um, they could shoot down my story, and then who would I be if I don't have a story? If I don't have my my package is not together. And so I think, anyway, as an experiment for us is to start working with being pack unpackageable. It's like being unpackageable, and there's elements of that where. Oh, Anna Chloe and I were talking about this today about being arrogant. Mm-hmm. Because arrogance is not about the kind of arrogance we're talking about. It's not about being egotistical. The kind of arrogance that we're talking about is not being manipulatable anymore. People can't manipulate you anymore. But you're, you're, this is a kind of arrogance. It's like people cannot manipulate you with their stories. It's also partly asshole training. It's like if you, if, Normally, if somebody offers you a package, you go, oh, nice package. Oh, okay. And you interact with the package <laughs> if it's real or if it's if it's like you honor them by giving their their package some kind of respect. But if you don't, if you just don't even notice the packaging, absolutely free, it's like you don't even see it. You're being kind of an asshole. Because people spend a lot of time building their package, you know, making this package for you or making this package for the world or making this package for themselves. And here they come all wrapped up in their package and you're with them. And it's just like you you don't even notice the packaging. Just you're with the thing that like they're naked. Like you're being with them naked and you're naked. And then there's this something happening that they don't get to control with their packaging. And you're an asshole and you're arrogant. And it could be a revolution. It's like the unpackaging revolution, something like that. So this would be experiments for all of us to try in many places in the world. Thank you. Helena, what I'm curious. Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Helena, how are you doing with all this? Yeah, I see it like really 
taking down all the frames what I see or believe in me or others. Because like, like, framing. like for you in particular, you've got you've been believing it pretty pretty rigidly inside of yourself. I don't know where you got it, but it was part of your survival strategy to have a decent package. And then when the package is cracked or falling off or something, it's terrifying. It's really scary. You can't move because because you don't have your package together. And and so you have a whole team here who's on your side to unpackage yourself. You know, we can't really do it. Everybody here is a master packager. Like we we could attack you or blame you, criticize <laughs> you, or make up all kinds of crap, you know. And you would just go, it's bullshit, you know. You your you could hang, you could keep your package together. The only person you can take your package apart is yourself. And so we get along this journey that we're on, we get confronted with the inauthenticity of our own package, you know, at, at some point, at, whether we like it or not. And there's a longing, like that's what you were saying, Helen, is you have this longing for the unartificial experience of, you were calling it love, but really the unartificial connect being, being with, beingness, like the essential nature of the of of the truth, the consciousness or whatever you can call it love or whatever, but there's a longing for that, but then there's this package problem. And and you have to decide, I guess. It's like it's like you're gonna go for the packaging or you're gonna go for the longing. It's either the packaging or the longing. What are you gonna go for? And <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation. That's, That's okay. That's <laughs> so, so Helena, what I was I was checking in with you because if the package is falling off, it's going to feel really weird. It's going to feel in. It's almost like hmm. this river, and there's this bridge, and you're in some kind of vehicle. You cannot get across the. The river unless there's a bridge except that if and so if the bridge is falling apart you can't go across the river but if your bridge falls apart and your vehicle falls apart the vehicle that needs a bridge if they both fall apart or even if you're just your vehicle falls apart you can go across the river without the bridge and this is not ordinarily socially acceptable it's not no so and yet it's it's straightforward stuff. It's straightforward. And so the the reason I'm dragging out this conversation is I'm kind of making sure that when the pieces fall off of your assembly, you know, your packaging assembly, when they start falling off and there's these gaps and these cracks and stuff, that you're you get it that you're actually getting what you were longing for. And and the world will adjust. The world will let the Helena show wash away. And but and I encourage I mean I encourage you to have a team. I know you connected with Eva Delbert and, and Sophia Begele and they both know that process. They're like they're also in that process because it I mean I can you know it's like you can feel like you might go crazy because these reference point of what 
what was appropriate, what was right, what was love, what was, um, what was, how do I demonstrate love? Like all of that mm -hmm. actually falls apart. And, and all these things that we've been relying on for, like, understand life, for understand ourselves. And so, I mean, I, I remember being in these, really these places and I just thought I was going crazy and I just, I really needed somebody who I can talk to who could be with me, who could be with me really. And Chloe and I were sitting in this cafe in Spain. Mm. And she was in one of these kind of experiences. And it was funny, weird because the napkins that they had at this cafe were black, normally not white or brown or something. These are completely black. And so she's sitting there just using up boxes of these tissues. So our table is like this high covered <laughs> with black slimed up tissues and she just keeps blowing her nose and crying and sliming and and the people would walk by and go what are you doing to her and I go, i'm listening i'm just i'm just listening there i'm just holding space and you could join us and they go no no why why should you know but it just happens like that i mean sonia gonzalez is over there on the couch it's going she's doing it now she's she's doing it she could call up sonia also but what we're saying is don't try to do this alone. Mm -hmm. It's not a alone thing. Okay. Good. Thank you. Mark, you were going to say something. I was curious. I heard Helena say that she would go through all the stuff and then she would feel angry. And a second later, she shifted off of that. And I'm curious what it would be like for her to sit with her anger. What if you ask her? Helena, what would it be like to sit with that anger that you feel? It needs work and, and space. And this is another uh, topic that really needs to work. And yeah. I just, as an invitation, Sonia is holding space every day of the week, Monday to Friday. Christopher already mentioned it for this space of letting your heart speak. And there's great space holders and great coach, and they would really coach you to, like Clinton was saying, like, let the thing speak without the package. Let, let your heart speak without the package. And it's half hour and it's just a fabulous practice. How do people find the time and channel? It's it's on the PM event. It's on the different different groups. So if you're in the group, you can put heart heart gym and you'll find it. Heart gym. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Mark. You have to. Uh, it's Dimitri. Are you going to speak? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Katarina, what about you? You're muted. 
Yeah, I feel joy to be here today. I yeah, I really like to listen to re the recordings. Usually, I don't have time to come here, and I'm I missed it. I missed being here, as I was several sessions well, one year ago almost, and I'm very happy to be here now. I have been, yeah, I have been doing so much work all this in this year that passed. And I feel so much myself. And, and I can talk here, which is, and I can hear my voice, which is so great. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to come here to be with you again, with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Demetra saying, I, I can't really read lips. I can, but she's speaking Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, it's very loud where I am. That's why I said no. But I was just, um, I'm feeling the love. Did, do you hear me? Yes. yes. And her too. Yeah, yeah listen to the recording. Excuse me. Just tell her to set up for a moment. <laughs> no, I didn't listen. I didn't. I don't listen to any one of you. So we'll keep going speaking. And I listen. I listen the record. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy when you when you laugh. Um, <laughs> I can't listen to any one of you, but I just is laughing. Uh, I'm happy I'm here. I listened to the recording last week in many, many breaks. And my, my heart really like broke from different um uh, like what when Clinton you spoke about the uh, like the Syrian <clears throat> and I have this background working with children. And in Greece, when they were there, and yeah, then uh, and then I listened to the recording about the archetypal love, and yeah, just now I, I felt the love in the in the space, and that and I was watching like I was seeing you and Aunt Loy, and I feeling I was feeling love. Sometimes in my mind, I'm very angry with both of you <laughs> making this story. So who? Uh, yeah, but so many, so much anger and fear. And I'm gonna see you in the expand the box. I'm looking forward to be angry with you in the expand the box. In the yes. Yeah. Happy. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. But I want to say that I feel the love of the space. Um, I really felt down and, and yeah, I love you and you and all of you. 
Almost all. Oh, I feel all of you. That's what I wanted to say. Almost all. That's not mine. I have some resemblance. There were some people, but I even love them. Yeah. Happy to be with you. Now, now I'm sad. How are you doing? I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> Jeff, go ahead. Uh, mm, I want to speak into this this thing about needing a team. And and you know, this morning I'm I'm here in Miami and this morning there's this meeting of right like this gathering this um uh can't find the word it's like a networking group thing where where I met a lot of people I met a lot of people who became my friends when I lived when I lived here and it happens once a month and so I said oh I'm here it just happened to be and I'm going to go and then I looked on the on the schedule and I and this call was here on this time and i i said there's just no way that i can go to that instead of this there's just no way and you know on the call last week you guys talked about this being a, like a heartbeat and it it really is it really isn't the time that this didn't not exist was this is like a it was like a valley it was like a a trough somehow there's a gap and you know when when i when i was going back you know the three or four weeks ago i said this this thing about that i'm going to need to crawl back to to get a job and you know i actually yeah i i did come back it, but it, i did not go on my knees i came standing really tall with 25 people standing next to me many of who are here and i know there were more than 25 you know there were more that were on my team and that were with me and yeah i mean i'm here in the land of the packaging <laughs> here in the, the land of the packaging and I just walk by it, you know, I just don't even pay attention anymore. You know, before I would go to the grocery store and I would just be so pissed off about why do they have to put peppers in plastic? I can't they just sell me the fucking pepper. And <laughs> now I just don't, you know, I I don't go there. I don't I just don't go. I just walk by it and I pretend like it doesn't exist and I wait for the farmers market and I just go there and I go find the people that that matter you know the people that are also taking their packaging off and <laughs> it still pisses me off that the peppers all look the same you know but i look for the ugly ones i look for the, <laughs> the beat up ones <laughs> my my friend posted this thing about a normal banana and a and a aerialist banana looks all bruised and 
like beat up. And I said, yeah, that is also like to PM banana. <laughs> like, I want those. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Daniela, go ahead. Daniela. Will you try and speak in English? <laughs> I need to speak English because now I'm I'm learning English here. <laughs> when you talk about love, I'm. I, 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 I would like speaking Portuguese. Isabel, você pode traduzir? Sim. Vai. Quando vocês estavam falando sobre amor no espaço, space, eu... Eu estou fazendo alguns experimentos sobre a língua que eu compartilhei ontem. Eu estou fazendo alguns experimentos sobre a língua que eu compartilhei ontem. Um é sobre fazer como a moça que fala com os macacos que só só tá em comunicação. One is about a woman that is talking to the monkeys and is it she's in communication. Mas agora o que eu experimentei foi só tá no meu coração. E... But now what I experience is just be in my heart. E, e deixar as palavras chegarem como uma vez a Nicole disse para mim na Polônia sobre os fios dourados. And Let the words come to the heart one time. And Chloe said in Polonia about the fios dourados, um, golden strings. Golden pearls. Strings. Mm. Yeah, just let the words come through this uh, golden strings. String. Eu estava tão alegre porque eu entendi tudo o que o Clinton disse, tudo. And I, I was so glad because I understood everything what Clinton was saying, everything. E essa coisa sobre amor e sobre abrir o coração tem sido muito forte para mim aqui na Bridge House. E, and this thing about love and o que mais? Amor e abrir meu coração. And open my heart was so strong for me here in the Bridge House. Eu fiz um processo de cura emocional é, umas semanas atrás. A Lisa parou para mim. I made a process of an EHP about that uh, some weeks ago with Lisa. E eu tava tão, eu tinha quatro anos e eu tava tão aterrorizada. Eu tava com tanto medo. Eu via espíritos no quarto e eu tava muito aterrorizada. I was four qualquer... years old and I was so terrorized. There were a lot of spirits in this space, and I was so terrorized. E o que aconteceu no processo é que eu voltei enquanto adulta e, e segurei essa criança, me segurei. And I went back as an adult and held that child as an adult. 
E eu estou contando isso para vocês agora porque eu, eu tive essa sensação de meu coração abrir, uma sensação física, do meu coração começar a abrir. I'm telling this right now to you because I had the sensation of letting the heart, like I, I sensed a physical sensation of letting my heart open up here. E, e, e quando a gente assistiu juntas aqui o documentário da, da mulher que falava com animais, eu senti essa mesma coisa. And when I saw this documentation about the woman that speaks with animals, I had the same sensation. Ah, é tanto amor, é tanto amor que meu coração vai explodir. Eu não consigo suportar it, tanto amor. It's so much love, it's so much love that I, I that when my heart opens and I, I, that I cannot hold it, it's so much love. E às vezes eu percebo que o medo que eu sinto de falar no espaço tem mais, talvez, o medo de ser amada. Eu não posso acreditar que tem gente que me ama tanto e que me dá feedback. And I feel so much fear to talk in this space and I feel so much fear about being loved and I cannot believe that there are people that really love me. E me dá feedback tá no meu time. And give me feedback and be in my team. Yeah. Obrigada. Could everybody take a deep breath? Just like a... We're at this place in the book. It's in the archetypal domain's place. And it's important stuff. <clears throat> it's here. It's called the power of attention. And it's there are really some exercises or really some practices or efforts to become aware of our attention. Because you, you know that where your attention goes, your energy flows. You know that. And you know that if you're not owning your own attention, somebody else is. And if somebody else has your attention, they also have your energy. Then your energy goes where somebody else wants your energy to go, and you don't have your energy because you don't have your attention, and then you are used up. And so it's, it's, a, it's a central part of possibility management, and it's a central part of relating to may have a different relationship with your attention, completely different um, kind of consciousness about your attention that modern culture will not teach you. Modern culture does not want you to have your attention because then you will have your energy and then you can create stuff. And so it's this whole design of modern culture to teach us to follow and consume and adapt and obey and fit in and, you know, be a zombie in modern culture. It's just the ordinary way. 
And so it's really revolutionary to start working with your attention. And so <clears throat> I'm really glad that we're here in this part of the book to start working with that. So I just want to read a little bit of that first, and then we'll see where we get with this. So I'm on page uh, 259, section 8E, like elephant, the power of attention. I, I already know I'm going to stop after the first sentence here. So human attention is one of the most delectable substances in the universe. Delectable means delicious and and attractive. It's like Mrs. Callahan's world's best brownies from 1950s. It's like you see one of those things, it's going to, you know, your tension is, it's like that sweet, crunchy, chewy, oh man, it's like the best kind of thing is that attention. And so, there's there are there's so much so many things long to eat that attention and then so that has to do with uh delectable yeah it's delicious it means it's like a delicacy and so and we have it you have it you have human attention. You're, that's a, it's built into your system. Your entire five bodies. Attention is part of it. And what you do with it is either conscious or unconscious. And it makes a huge difference. So how much effort, this is the next sentence, how much effort do you put into trying to get attention from another person? And we've been talking about that for an hour. It's like, what if somebody puts their attention on you? Essentially, love is happening. And if they're if they're splitting their attention, if they're confused, if they don't have their attention, if their attention is thinking about other things, they're feeling things, they have emotions going on, they have you know plans or planning things, looking at time, they have commitments, they have. A hidden, hidden, hidden competing commitments. You have all this stuff going on at all these levels, and you don't actually get to be in their attention. So you try to get their attention just to say good morning, or you know, how how are you, like that. And it's not easy. So why? So the thing is, most people, what we want is either positive or negative attention. Because it feels great to have another person's attention, no matter what form it is. And I'm sure that you've been around people who will do whatever it takes to get negative attention across the room, you know, from you. They will try to get your attention. Even if it's negative attention, it's better than no attention at all. And so kids do this, gremlins do this, neighbors do this, you know, Neighbors turn up their music. Go to, these guys, they go down the street on these motorcycles and they make them especially loud. They drill holes in the exhaust pipe and modify the valves. So the things make this special noise to just irritate you because they get your attention. And that's the only kind. Why are you smiling, Jeff? Like, why do you smile? What does that make you smile? 
Yeah, I, when I was young, my first car, I took it to the shop to get a custom exhaust system to make it as loud as possible. And I was just starving for attention. And my parents would laugh because they could hear me coming from a mile away, which is exactly what I didn't want at that point in my life was that my parents would know where I was. I couldn't help myself. So, it's, Yeah, so when you say I could not help myself, what you're just talking about your gremlin. Talking about your gremlin, destroying people's peace of mind, irritating people, forcing people to put their attention on you for whatever reason. And that it's like starving for attention. And it's this, you know, the negative attention is just gremlin food. And so, but that's better than no attention at all. And so a lot of what happens in the world, you can see people trying to get attention because they're just starving for attention. And you know, I, I learned this thing with my kids a long time ago that kids would I'd be working on something in the kitchen, you know, trying to cook dinner or something. And they come up and they they want my attention. Well, I want to hurry up and get dinner ready. And if I put my attention on them, I'm, I split my attention. You know, it did. I couldn't get dinner done and they would never go away. They were just bugging me. Daddy, daddy, like this until I learned that if I stop everything in the kitchen, squat down look right in their eyes, give them 100% complete attention. Complete. And it would take about five seconds and they would fill up with attention. They go by, they were gone. They just needed a fill up of this attention. And then I was like, wow, this is amazing. They want attention. I give them attention. They're filled up. Good. They're gone for another 20 minutes, you know, running on this attention. And it's, it's really fuel. It's this amazing stuff. And so this whole point of working with attention is to start to learn what it is, how to work with it, what it's for, and what you can create with it, all of that. So human attention is sometimes the only thing required to do healings and transformations. And I think you know that. How many people knew that already? You can just put your, your attention on something and this healing can happen. And this transformation can happen. Yeah. So you you get the you already know what we're talking about. That's how precious this stuff is. And when you train your attention, when it has certain frequencies or certain intentions, there's it's really incredibly powerful. I mean, if you go, there's a website called the Worthing Healers, just called Worthing Healers. It's available on on three phase healing. You can click through three phase healing and click on Worthing Healers. And you, it's a fascinating thing to connect with the Worthing Healers because there's this source of a certain kind of attention from certain kinds of beings that are somewhere off in the middle of the galaxy. And you just can connect with them and they provide, they're interested in healing. And so you can say hello, you know, tell them your name, you know, tell them you're on planet Earth and tell them you got, you know, something's going on with your shoulder or something's going on with your kidneys, something's going on with whatever. And and could you please give me a session? That's all you have to say. Could you please do a session with me? And then you just kind of keep your attention open to the worthy healers and you can feel this stuff happening. And something I've been doing lately, which is I feel great. And I connect in with the worthy healers and I say, look, I got some extra attention. I'm going to beam it to you guys and you guys do whatever you want with it. 
And then they use it for other people. So this is a really amazing, cool thing to to start working with. So I encourage you to start doing those experiments. And so uh, we each have, and in, in this book, because it's about the theme that it is, it says we each have masculine and feminine forms of attention. So it goes on to explain what that is. Masculine attention is singular, focused, directed, analytical, point attention. You just call it point attention. Feminine attention is wide band, multidimensional, free-floating, intuitive field attention. And you have both kinds of attention. You can use focused point attention and also field attention, and they have different uses. Each kind of attention has a particularly effective application. Masculine point attention is useful for persisting to get a project finished or drilling down to get to the root of a matter, to the source of the thing. Like that's this intention, this like focus. Feminine field attention is useful for scanning, scanning people, projects, situations to assess the state of things in all dimensions at the same time. Like, what is really going on here? This scanning, this field attention to check for unexpected conditions. So if you have this field attention, you don't even know what you're looking for, but you do know that you're looking for something. And you only hope that you can recognize it when you find it. And one day you'll find out the source of that little thing I just said to you, but not tonight. So... Checking for unexpected conditions to detect moods. The mood, you know, you're scanning for mood over there. And you can scan for mood over there when over there is a thousand kilometers away. And you're not even in a Zoom call with them. You can just scan for what's going on over there. To de- and, or you can, you can detect the drift of underlying currents of things. You know, how's it, where is it going? Where is it drifting to? And, and that's this feminine form of field attention. So placing your attention on something is like shining a flashlight into the dark. I have this one kind of flashlight. You can focus down on a really pointed beam or pull it back and it goes to the whole space, a wide beam. So this is your, what you can do with your attention. Where your attention goes your energy flows. The effects caused by consciously directed attention do not come from the attention itself, but rather from the energy that flows along the attention. And keep in mind, it can go both ways. That's why it's important to pay attention to what you're putting attention on. Because there are people, I mean, maybe you've noticed this, but if you put your attention on uh, you're going to have an accident. You might have an accident. There could be, a, you know, you could hurt yourself or this could break or that could fall off. You could cut yourself, you know, and you can put your attention on those things. It'll just move right towards you and it will happen. Anybody notice that? You keep thinking about something bad will happen and it happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Like you, people get fanatical. They get... uh it called you just yeah, hypochondriac or yeah but it's like it's just like you just focus 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 on this one 
it just goes around and around. Obsessive. You, you get obsessive. That's what I mean. You get obsessive about. How, huh? How do you get the distinction? What's the distinction between focus, putting an attention on something, and and that happening, and then from the fear informing that that is happening or it's going to happen. Hmm. Yes, the difference is the obsession. Do you know what obsession feels like? Because it goes around and around and around and around. It gets more and bigger, more stronger, more clear. So the what you do is you let the fear inform you and go, thank you, and then move your attention somewhere else. Go to the next thing. You know, so so for example, we're driving around in crazy roads over here in Bali, and people drive just it's a tiny little road and there's huge trucks and bike motorcycles are passing every different way and they can drive on chickens and dogs. Dogs are laying in the middle of the street and rice, they dry out their rice in the middle of the street. You're driving down the road and I can't drive on their rice. Like all this stuff is happening. And so and it and it's even people drive the wrong way down the road. You know, they drive on the left here, but the people just cross over. They just cross over and drive on. And you got to go, What's, is he going to crash into me? Like, anyway, it's really crazy. And so it's easy to imagine bad things that could happen. And so, you know, I'm, I, I have awareness. You know, I can see this stuff. I can imagine this stuff happening. So as soon as I notice that, I do, I do what I just said. is I could go, thank you. Thank you for, I can watch out for that. And then I put my attention on drive, arriving back at our home, parking the motorcycle, putting my helmet on the hook, walking down to our, our little apartment and having a nice cool glass of water, you know, and putting the stuff down and just sitting at the table here. Or, you know, I, I move I move beyond the, the whole scenario. And then it just, it just because uh, I it decide that that's going to be the outcome. That will be the outcome. You know, I could focus on, geez, I'm in the hospital and I'm getting stitches, you know, I have to fix my motorcycle, like all this crap, you know, but but not, you know. So anyway, you get a choice about what you put your attention on. And it's important to know where you're putting your attention, because if you put your attention unconsciously, then, you know, demons can hook on, you know, vampires can hook on, your gremlin can hook on, somebody else's gremlin can hook on. You can be doing all this stuff in all these levels of your attention that is is dynamic. It's really dynamic. And it does not have to go that way. You can decide how it goes. And the more you're aware of where you navigate your attention, the more you're able to flow energy into your game worlds or you're relating or creating uh, whatever, whatever you're working on that you're creating. So <clears throat> that's why this stuff is really important. I have one one book recommendation about this the magician's way is basically laying out this whole process that you just described clinton in six steps in a totally exciting uh adventurous description of a, of a man's journey through learning to uh use his attention consciously and uh you think it's real until the end but it's not real he just channeled this or he just made this up, but it's it's an awesome book. I can really recommend it. <laughs> you just told the ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, 
<laughs> you no, you think it's real until the end. Like you think all the way through it's real. It will never come out that it's not real. But uh, what's the book? The Magician's Way. Who's the author? Yeah, good question. I I will send the author. It'll come out at the end, and it's <laughs> fake anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay are we ready for the next wait, wait a sec. no uh what what is the difference to not be not going to a fantasy story what could happen after oh yeah to Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're saying you're, because you're imagining a fantasy world, it's not happening yet. You know, what's the difference if that between that and a fantasy world? That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I can imagine what you're saying, like that, that I do this when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm sitting in that car with that crazy taxi driver and the crazy people around. But if it's about relating or if it's about yeah, other things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's in a way it's different about relating because the the driving has, you know, it has an end. It's like you, when you cross the door, then you're in. Whereas the relating is this happily for you know happily ever after, you know, and that would be this fantasy world of this. It will always happen like this, or it will all you know every every moment. Whereas what Clinton was talking about is a declaration, like a declaration of this is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So I'm going home. So I'm going, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm going home. But there's a way that it could work. I mean, I was thinking about it just in terms of just being with yourself, for example. And it's, it's the same thing about like you were talking about uh, expectation, Isabel. And it's like if there's a way that putting attention on your expectation can have healing powers because then you notice the expectation and then you have power over dismantling the expectation or withdrawing it forever. But if you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. But there's, if you put your attention in an obsessive way, you know, without actually healing it, then what you're living is in your, you're putting energy into your expectation and into your, the voices. Instead of having this potential of um, putting your attention on what do I want? What do I want? Yeah, there's also the minimized now thing, which does not have room for obsession and does not have room for stories. And so, and then it gives you... So you can put your attention on a minimized now. Right. You get your attention on a minimized now, you handle what needs to be handled right now and right now. And, right, and just, you keep handling it like that because that's where your attention is. Because if you put your attention, you know, on the fantasy world or on something out there, you you miss all this, what's happening now, you know, and then you cause the accident rather than avoiding the accident. Because you're actually not in your body and not in the present. You're off somewhere else. So, you getting this? Yes. Okay, so it's about noticing. It's about noticing what you're doing with your attention. You're doing it on purpose, doing it consciously. So there's a lot to learn about okay. and a lot to experiment with. So mostly 
do not go into altered states of consciousness consciousness while you're driving. Okay, don't do that. Just like, yeah. I, I, I just want to <laughs> underline that that for me, it's like my interaction, for example, with my underworld is I put my attention in my underworld for the purpose of as a stepping stone, like for the purpose of. Uh, healing or transformation or having new possibilities that would be the purpose of putting my intention on my underworld but i noticed that they they can you know if you're putting your attention on your underworld in an obsessive way then it's no longer healing then it's the swamp and it's and it's like there's nothing useful about that and so even in gremlin transformation the point of Grumman transformation is for the attention to be transformational. And if that's not happening, you, this is not Grumman transformation. It's like, go do something else. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I also, I mean, speaking directly, Isabel, to, what, to your question, you know, the the motorcycle is just getting home and getting into the house and having a drink. It's not developing wings and flying off into, you know, some other world where something not real will happen. Thank you. Okay. For now about that. Okay. It's big stuff and there's a lot of stuff. And so I know I'm not it's not we're not covering everything because here's here's the particular place where this is going with the attention. I just want to say that. For example, when a man places his archetypal masculine, you know, focused attention on a woman, his archetypal masculine energy flows to her. And in that moment, she can use it, she can receive it and light up. A certain way. When a man places his conscious attention on a woman, the space is held for her. He's holding space for her. She is protected and safe if that's the intention. You know, and it may not be the intention, you know, because if you're walking down the street and some asshole gremlin guy puts his attention on you, you can feel it. And his intention is not your well being. You know, he's trying to take something, eat something, destroy something, get something, you know, so you can feel the attention. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Okay. All right. So consciously placing attention, you can hold space. She no longer has to take care. Like she, she's, she no longer has to take care of herself from a survival perspective. So her masculine defenses can relax. So the way that she's defending herself can, can like, it's a teamwork. It's kind of a teamwork thing going on here. So this means the woman can soften and become more feminine. In that moment of softening, the door opens for archetypal woman to appear, which she could not before because she's focused on Surviving, defending, protecting, watching out, taking care, like that. So you can watch this other kind of 
woman thing show up, the energy show up. You can watch it happen as she changes before your eyes from an an ordinary woman, from a from an ordinary human woman into the pirate, sorceress, warrioress, queen, goddess woman. The pirate, sorceress, warrioress, queen, goddess woman, a transformation that is more thoroughly investigated in the next chapter. So we're just saying this is where we're going. But you have to work with your attention first. So, but if a man places his ordinary attention on the woman, his ordinary attention, even for an instant, the spell is broken. The, the sanctuary is gone. The space disappears. One woman described it like this. If I am adored, adoration, do you guys know that word to be adored, to adoring, to put your attention on, loving attention on? If I am adored by my man, it builds a foundation and I can abandon myself into being a fabulous, sensuous woman. But if he judges me, even in the slightest way, you know, even in an unconscious way, everything falls apart like a house of cards. You know, you, you can build these structures out of just stacking playing cards. You can stack them up a certain way, but if you blow on it or pull out, it just goes like that. Everything's gone. The mood is shattered. Space is destroyed. The door is closed. And that's how delicate this kind of space navigation is. And if you're not consciously navigating your attention, then you don't have much chance of this. But if you're consciously working with your attention, you know what you're doing with your attention, whole other domains start opening up and we are designed for this. Human beings are designed for this kind of stuff. Uh, a woman must also be careful about what kind of attention she places on the man. A woman's ordinary attention can look anywhere and find fault, find the problem. Find what doesn't work. You get this? A woman can look anywhere and find the problem, what doesn't work. She sees whatever is not working, whatever might possibly go wrong. If she directs such attention at the imperfections in your man's thin ego structure, that ego mechanically snaps into a scared, snarling dog fighting for its life. It's such an, a mechanical reaction for men. Like it's just this turns into this survival strategy. But if you split off a portion of your of your practical field attention and use it to scan behind the scenes in all dimensions of your daily affairs to detect anything that needs to be handled, and if you place whatever you find on a prioritized list, a piece of paper, one, two, three, prioritized list of things to do. You don't tell him about it. You write it down on a piece of paper. And then he, you put it at his feet to dispense with as he sees fit, like to handle the problems when he's ready. You just make this list. That's all. You don't tell him about it. You don't talk about it. You don't look at it. You just write it down on this list. 
prioritize. Number one is number one. Number two is number two. When you put it down at his feet, that creates archetypal relating. That create because then the man knows what to do. With the details handled through respectful teamwork rather than entangled in low drama, you can reserve the bulk of your feminine attention for appreciating the experience of being with your archetypal man as he brings you on his adventures, as he fights his battles and rescues you from the dreary, ordinary life. Admiring your hero with archetypal feminine attention, even if he struggles or wavers in his efforts, gives a man the strength of knowing that someone believes in him. The mysterious strength that arises from knowing that someone truly believes in you, this is from the man's perspective, makes you makes legendary results possible. It really makes legend, legendary. Do the men know what, what, what I'm talking about? Like, you know that you can do legendary, you can produce legendary results that way. It really works. Behind every successful archetypal man is an archetypal woman admiring her hero. This is, this is, so this is theater. This is, a, this is archetypal level theater we're talking about. The ability to intentionally place and sustain your attention on your partner in a particular way, a conscious way, takes intelligence and care. But we have a conflict here because the natural unintentional manifestation. So here's the flip side of this. The natural unintentional manifestation of the masculine and feminine. Let me, let me do it one at a time. The natural, unintentional manifestation of the masculine is stupid aggressivity. The natural, unconscious manifestation of the masculine is stupid aggressivity. But the natural, unintentional manifestation of the feminine is evil. And it just, so here you have stupid and evil playing out low drama against each other. And that's ordinary. That's what you see going on in the ordinary world. Stupid and evil at war with each other. It's like the spider and the fly. You get it? Who's going to win, the spider or the fly? Okay, so men have nothing, they have no other option but to do aggressive, stupid things. I just want to say today I was outside washing some clothes by hand and there was a spider that weaved her web and for some reason the way I touched the sink or whatever made the whole web uh close on itself on the spider and I never seen that a spider caught up in her own web and she couldn't get out and and I thought this this is it I mean this is really what's happening for women actually it's like we get caught up in our own web of manipulation and play and lies and seduction and so it was, I just was witnessing it. Wow. So the key to the archetypal domains 
that we, we are capable of entering, the key is applying your attention with conscious intention. Applying your attention with conscious intention. And practically speaking, you do not own your attention. Most of the time, you do not even know where your attention is. Your attention wanders around, bouncing from one thing to the next. Whatever flashy object or loud sound strikes you and gets your attention. Without specific practice, you have difficulty placing your attention anywhere with conscious intention for any length of time because your attention span is so short and you're so accustomed to letting it be absorbed in distractions. So the whole modern culture thing with media is your attention span is shortening and shortening and the advertisements get shorter and harsher and brighter and louder and more trying to get your attention. They're fighting for your attention. And so so you they try to get you absorbed and distracted so you can buy their stuff. That's it. If they have their if they have your attention, they have your wallet. That's that's the thing. And so that's our training. So our since our energy follows our attention, then whatever has our attention also consumes our energy. A thousand distractions feed on us. You know, you can let these distractions feed on you like vampires. Whenever you don't pay attention to exactly what you're feeding with your energy flow. So what follows is a list of distractions that constantly get our attention and devour our energy. It's like two pages long, this list. Uh, I was going to pause there for a few minutes and just kind of let it sink in what we're talking about. This is all, to me, this is some of the most exciting area of work in, because we have so much, so much can change by flowing our attention and energy different ways. So does anybody have stories to tell about that? It's not really a story. It's more of a question, which is, uh, there was the, actually the Beyond Repair article came out from when I had I had this question, like what happens really when a woman puts her attention on a man? And that's where the Beyond Repair article came out of. So it's a, a lot longer than the, the half paragraph that was in this in this in the book. And there's something about like for a woman to be to be able to hold the beyond like to this beyond repair space like from the article i mean i think you know for me if i would hold that it's like i need to get a sense of my own arrogance and a sense of my own archetypalness and a sense of my own godnessness so pirate goddess woman sorceress but then it's kind of like the chicken and the egg thing it was like well if a man can't put his attention like that on me how do how do i how does that come about? And then I, I have this question: Okay, can can sisters do that for each other? And it's like, how does that start? Like, how do we start building that archetypal sensation? Well, there's tons of ways. Really, tons. So, like for example, 
Here's this I mean, list of intention. Yeah. Yeah. Attention. I mean, the first thing is worry. The first thing on the list is worries. Mm -hmm. So worries is a thing that will use up your attention. And so one of the ways so that doesn't, that does not involve another person. It only in like who, who comes up with your worries, mm -hmm. unless you adopt your worries from your mother or your teacher or your father or the television advertisement, you know, what about my pimples? You know, whatever this weird worry stuff is that we get from advertising. Am I wearing the right color shirt? Whatever. So that is one place, for example, one of a hundred places where mm -hmm. you can start working with where you're placing your attention and what happens with it. So if you're using up your attention inside of yourself, whizzing around worrying about something, regardless of what it is, the action of worry itself has it is a devouring machine it will devour it and so here's the other thing though who are you if you don't worry anymore if you have this worry thing you know if you're like, let's say you're biting your fingernails or pulling your hair or something like that it's like a kind of worry manifestation if you bite your fingernails for example Okay, if you stop biting your fingernails, what will you do with that energy? What will you do when you have long fingernails? It's like, what will you do with all this free attention and energy if you stop worrying? And so you've got this whole mechanism inside of yourself where you're looking to see if somebody's looking at you. And if they're looking at you, do they like you or do they not like you? Are they judging you positively or are they judging you negatively? And if they're judging you positively, oh my God, what if they like me? Or, oh, or if they're judging you negatively, oh my God, what if they hate me? Okay, so here's this thing. They either like you or they hate you. And then you, you're worried about, well, do they like me or do they hate me? I can't really tell. So I have to keep, maybe I should hate myself. If I need somebody to hate me and they're not hating me, then I have to hate myself. Or if I need somebody to love me and they're not loving me, then I have to love myself, which is this fantasy world. So you have to you have this. So you have this whole thing going on inside of yourself, and it, and you and your energy is getting completely devoured. And so, what, it is possible to not worry. It is possible to not judge yourself. It is also possible to not praise yourself. It is possible to not care what other people fucking think about you at all. Actually, zero. It's possible. Whether they like you or don't like you is not, it can be not your problem at all. It is, and so there's this, all of us, you can, you can enter, um, you can meet yourself as a free and natural being, a free being, where your energy and your attention actually is a resource that is not being consumed by neurosis at any level. It's not, it's not being used at all. You know, if you have to look like you're a hippie, or if you have to look like you're a businessman, you have to look like you're trying to be on Instagram, but you're not, or you're not trying to be on Instagram, but you are, you know, if, if you don't have to do this whole thing, if you, then, and you, that resource is free, is like a, a free agency inside of yourself. Who are you then? You won't even know who you are. You won't know who you are. And 
okay, okay, that's radical change. That's a radical shift inside of, and it, and that's scary, and it's weird, and it'll take you on this journey. And that's only from one of the things on this list about not worrying. I just looked over there for a second and I saw another one, which is saying more than is necessary. So I'm sure you know people who do blah, blah. You ask them a, a yes or no question or you ask them, you even talk to them at all. And it's all like, it's like, it's like thicker thunder rainstorms happening. You need to get out this umbrella you know, just to stand around, there's all this stuff is, you know, or there's people you go and you want to talk to them and they don't talk to you at all. There's nothing. There's like this blank. So, you know, what's, have you, what's going on? You know, it's like, I want to know about you. So, okay, this one little thing, it's just saying, saying more than is necessary. Are you saying more than is necessary? Well, then you're using up your energy wanting to, you can't sense if somebody gets what you're saying. There's a sensation of if you say the exact right amount mimetically, it will land in a person and they will get what you're saying and it's complete communication. There are people who do not have that sensation. They don't know what they're saying has landed or not. And then they have to keep going or they worry about it or they don't even notice it. And they keep saying the same thing over and over again in different ways. I mean, so there's there are so many there's so much to be learned or navigated about what you're doing with your attention inside of you or outside of you and other people are the same and it's it's this incredible opportunity it's almost like mining gold from yourself because your attention is gold and if you get some of your attention back that you don't have to worry and you don't have to do blah blah or you don't have to struggle, you know, with with a, a, a thing that you're doing with your your attention, and you get that resource back. It's gold, and then it does not take so much gold before you have a lot of gold. You have a lot more gold than you did before. What are you going to do with it? And it's this immense. It's a. a I don't know. Did you ever have conversations like this with your friends about this stuff? And seriously, there's 150 things on this list. And, and every one of them is a different conversation that you could have about getting these resources back from your friends. You could have an entire possibility team or about just getting your energy back from not doing these things that devour your energy. It could just be this. And people's lives would completely change, would completely change around. Were you going to say something? No. Somebody was going to... Yes, Kian, go ahead. Yes. I am still with something from before, and that is this... Um, the term of the hero. And I felt fear when you when you spoke about it, Clinton, this, this hero, because for me, the term has so many modern culture, patriarchal connotations... Um, built into it at the moment at least what it seems like to me and has this the shining lone hero who does it all by himself and comes out victorious at the end and also this this whole thing with the hero's journey and i'm at the moment discovering the another way of what what that means actually being a hero and um 
Yeah, and there's also an awesome like an awesome podcast, the uh, the Mythic Masculine, which circles a lot around these these terms. And I just want to share this: the one thing that when you really go back to the old mythic folk folklores and tales, the hero he, the hero wasn't the one who slayed or killed and conquered the enemies and came back by himself, but the hero was this this being who um, showed up in the end compassionate, who, for example, in Parsival, Parsival gained the Holy Grail by asking what ails you to the, to the, to the king, to the, to the lost king or something like this. And so there's this, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, okay. Can you just hold on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're reporting from somebody else's experience right now. You know, you're trying to report the masculine thing. The space will not hold that. The space will flush that down the toilet in no time at all. There's no, there's no, context where that makes sense it's a psychoanalytical context it's freudian there's all this jungian archetypal modalities in there so and it's just a a different context so it's not going to help this space like the kind of hero we're talking about like i get to live with this thing over there and that thing is a hero and it she goes by the name Cloyd Destromo, but she has other names, but she's really this astonishing hero. And I could talk for the next two hours about the things that she's a hero about, but the, the, like yesterday we're, we're moving out of this little house where we are for five days and other people are moving in and then we come back, but we can't, we cannot have any fresh food. So she, and Chloe has this hero, she has a hero, she can face an empty refrigerator with leftover tiny weird pieces of crap, you know, how refrigerators are. When you start eating them out and don't replenish them, they get the part, the stuff you don't like is what's left in the refrigerator. So she, she can make this, she makes like for the last three days, she's made the most delicious squash soup, the most delicious coconut doll, most delicious um, ratatouille, you know, out of nothing, out of this stuff. So I'm, I just, I stand in the presence, I eat in the company of a hero who has this ability to cause these things to occur. And it's, it's an, it's this heroic thing. Now, me, I, one of my heroes thing is I wash clothes. And so like, and Chloe is in there, she's dumping the something into the pot and she splashes oil up into one of her only shirts that she carries around as a nomad in this little bag that she has. This is like her only shirt and now it's covered with olive oil spots. And I, so I grab the shirt and I like, I put it, I soak it in this, you know, I wash the shirt by hand in the sink and it comes out, you know, and, I, and I'm hanging it and it's like, and now it's perfect again. Okay, so I get to be a hero like that. So we get to live in each other's company, recognizing the hero nature of on a daily basis in really practical things. That's astonishing, and it's remarkable, and it's true. And it uh, it can be. And so the way that I relate, the way that I relate to Anne Chloe, her hero ness, it does something to me. 
it really, it turns me on. It makes me uh, attentive and um, I want to, I want to make it so that she can be a hero in, in whatever, in what she's doing. And she's doing the same for me. Like she's editing down this manuscript that we're working on for this book. And she's, she's going to, she's publishing this book and this book, we stole it. I mean, it's, we, we don't, you know, I have verbal permission from Valerie Langford from 2007 when I was in her workshop. I said, can we use your stuff? She goes, yes. So I stole all her stuff because she doesn't, she's dead or something. I don't know. She's sick. She's not around. Nobody's around to give me permission. So we stole it. So we're publishing this because it's so valuable. It's out of print. You can't get it anywhere. And we put it together and it's this valuable thing. This is heroic. So we get to work together as heroes to, yes, that was the, one of the original things. There's that plus a bunch of her articles and a, and a forward and an afterward and, and Chloe's correcting it. And it's, it's this beautiful thing. And, uh, or Jeff is even part of it. So Jeff's been part of the heroic process of getting us the original manuscript. So he could be part of the hero with us with this. So the, the thing about the heroic having it be some theoretical concept is, is this is, we're talking about it entirely differently. This is an actual way of interacting with each other, being heroic in your, in practical reality with another hero. What a great way to be. And it's possible for all of us, for all, for you guys, for whoever you're with, from you, whoever you're around, even children can be heroes and you can relate to them that way. Your clients can be heroes. You know, your whatever your your coach can be a hero. Like there's so many ways to actually live in an archetypal domain with other people, and hero is one of them. And so that's how we're working with it. Thank you. And I encourage you to keep experimenting there. <laughs> I encourage you to enter the domain. Yeah. And it's fabulous. I mean, like Nicole, even your story today when you started, it was a heroic story what you told us. You know, for you to recognize you had this thing, that's heroic. And it's a victory of massive proportions. And we we all got fed from your ability to reveal something so shitty. And that's a heroic thing. And it and it was like there's a way it goes down in the annals of annals. How do you say that in a way that's not offensive? <laughs> annals of history. Archives. Archives of history. Yeah. It's on, it's on the tape. You know, it's, it's everybody gets this for the rest of our lives. What a heroic thing that was. And so, yeah. So a lot of what happens in your daily life can be functioning at the arch in the archetypal levels in the in the archetypal domains especially when you start being aware of the purpose behind what you're creating why you're flowing attention flowing energy in this way flowing power in this way what doorway are you opening for yourself and others to interact with each other in archetypal ways that include being heroes for each other and an ongoing you know it isn't like once in a lifetime or only on saturday or something like that it's this ongoing heroic yeah. <laughs> Saturday's gremlin meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. be here a day also. <laughs> and and it happened right now, Clinton, when 
Ian was talking and talking really from the intellectual body and I was getting sleepy and you you went there with your sword, like you went there first and and stopped him from continuing and because you care about the space and the consequence and this yeah, this really reminds me uh, at King Arthur, you know, there is a there is a part when when he can see the consequences that he would create if he do not use his sword and yeah it's it's there yes thank you for saying that all right i'm going to try out this heroic legend <clears throat> yesterday this a woman from Miami, she asked me to have a two-hour space with her for for coaching and whatever. And and we sit down and she says, I'm going to this meeting and there's going to be all these people, this conference, and I I don't know what to say to them anymore. I don't know if I'm an architect or a yoga teacher or an or a regenerative designer. And I have to I have to come up with something. I think I have to come up with something. And can you help me? And I just said, hold on a second. And I grabbed a, re my, a recording device and I said, will you just say that again? Will you, will you say exactly what you just said again? And, and then I played it back. I said, what if you just said this? What if you just told the people this, like your, what's really true for you? And she just opened her eyes. She goes, what? And, 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 and the session was over. <laughs> and and then I and then I I left and she she writes me she goes how can I pay you I said what do you what do you mean we spent 15 minutes she said no no, no I want to pay you I said okay well send me whatever you want and she sent me she sent me a lot of money and I couldn't believe it it's like I literally you know, you talk about, I was thinking about this un unpackaging ourselves thing. It's like, I was just like, I just saw through the package and, and, and that was so valuable to her. And yeah. There's your non-material value. I, I x-ray vision <laughs> of packaging. See through the packaging. <laughs> and Jeff, I have, I, I have an impulse. Do you want to hear it, Jeff? Yeah. Because you're saying it was just 15 minutes and there's an attachment of what have you delivered or help, helped her, the value and time. And I would suggest to look into that or just unpackage that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> unpackage it. Yay. We are the unpackagers. All right. If nobody else has any other jewels for right now, we're going to unpackage this space. Ingrid, you okay? You good with this? Okay. All right. Thank you, Clinton. Okay. Thank you. 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 Bye-bye, guys. Bye. See you. Have fun. Bye. Bye.